the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. WTBN, Pinellas Park. Up next is Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. In fact, uh, I may have told you this a few weeks ago. I was looking in the mirror, and Michelle walked by, and I said, Michelle, how did such a young guy get in such a middle-aged body? I mean, I don't know how this happened. I don't know. It just seems like yesterday I was 18. And, but, but all of us are experiencing that. Our tent is being torn down. But every day we're getting renewed spiritually. You ought to be growing. You ought to be maturing in Christ. You are, are being conformed to the very image of Christ. So Paul said, if this tent is torn down, we don't despair because we have an eternal tent. Our kids and grandkids have acronyms for almost everything, don't they? Apparently, it's catching on with some of us more mature people as well. I just found out about a few new ones, and I'm happy to report that I only really get to use one of them. Here's some examples. BFF, of course, that stands for Best Friend Fainted. Uh, BYOT is Bring Your Own Teeth. Uh, CBM, well, that means Covered by Medicare. That one's mine. Uh, And then (laughs) LMDO, Laughing My Dentures Out. Uh, but my favorite, though, GGPBL. Gotta go. Pacemaker, battery low. Well, for some of us, the old bod is starting to come apart at the seams. And that's one of the things that makes us long for heaven. But it's far from the only or the most important reason we should like to be there. Hello and welcome to Verse by Verse. Pastor Steve Kreloff is guiding us in a series of lessons about heaven. Pastor Steve is the teaching pastor at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Who doesn't want to know more about heaven? If we've trusted Christ, we're counting on spending a long, long time there. We don't know a whole lot, but you might be surprised at how much we can learn when we read our Bibles. In the first two broadcasts of this series, Pastor Steve put to rest several myths about heaven and replaced them with some facts from Scripture. Today, let's review a little about heaven's location before Pastor Steve explains why heaven is such a desirable place. So what do the scriptures specifically state about where heaven is located? Well, I'll tell you. The Bible says, are you ready? Here's where heaven is. It's up. It's exactly what the Bible says. It's up. It's upward. It's upward from the earth. That's all the Bible says. Uh, Acts 1.9, while they beheld Jesus, he was taken up. Uh, 2 Kings 2.11, Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. 2 Corinthians 12, 2, Paul was caught up to the third heaven. We're told that the resurrection, the rapture, that the Lord will what? Descend. And we will be caught up to be with him. Heaven is up. Revelation 4, 1, remember we saw that John said a door was opened and the voice said, come up. Revelation 21, 2, it says that the new Jerusalem descends down. So it's it's up. But no matter where heaven is, and we can't get any more specific 
than that. It's just up. But no matter where heaven is or how far away it is from the earth, the moment a believer in, in the Lord Jesus Christ dies, he goes immediately to heaven. Paul said to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Paul said that. The thief who was dying on the cross with Jesus said, uh, spoke to him about remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he said, today you'll be with me in paradise. Today you'll be with me in paradise. When Stephen was, was about to be stoned to death in Acts chapter 7, he said that he saw the heavens open and Jesus standing there. Why was Jesus standing? He got up to applaud, uh, applaud Stephen. And welcome him home. Normally the picture in the Bible is Jesus is sitting at the right hand of God the Father. Because his work is finished. But he stood up. And Stephen prayed Lord Jesus receive my spirit. Receive my spirit. And he meant the moment I die. So when a believer dies he goes to be with the Lord. And knowing that we're going to heaven when we die. Affects the way we approach life's difficulties and, and problems. And I want you, everyone must turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We're going to camp here a little bit. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, the Apostle Paul says in verse 8, something we, we can relate to. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not despairing, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, like Paul, we know what it is to suffer. We know what it is to endure hardship. We know what it is to go through pain. And yet we have hope. And we don't despair. And we're not disillusioned. We don't lose heart. And we don't give up. That's what Paul is saying. I'm beaten, but I don't give up. I suffer, but I'm not, I'm not totally crushed. I have hope. Why? Verse 16 of the same chapter. Therefore, we do not lose heart, he says. But though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. For momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And then there really should not be a paragraph division or a chapter division. Go right to verse 1. For we know that if this earthly tent, which is our house, is torn down, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Now, what he's saying is this. God is using the very afflictions that you and I face today to make us more like Jesus Christ inwardly in character. That's what he says that... Um, Verse 17, for momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. In some way, God is going to compensate us for the suffering that, that we do, that we experience now. Some role in the kingdom is going to be perhaps deeper, some greater responsibility. God is going to compensate those who have suffered more for him. You're going to be compensated for your struggles it will be worth it all as we, as we sing when we see Jesus. Your struggles on earth will be worth it for eternity. Now he says in verse 16, we don't lose heart. Our outer man is decaying. Our inner man is, be, is being renewed day by day. And in verse, five, in verse 1 of chapter 5 says our earthly tent, which is our house, is being torn down. What, is, what does he mean by that? He mean, means this, that we're wearing down. We're getting older, aren't we? 
there, there's not a person here who's not aging. You may not feel the effects of it as much as others, but you're all getting, getting older. Someone said this, if you're not busy being born, you are busy dying. Kind of a cheerful thought for the day, but uh, there's great truth to it. And someday we're going to die, but you're getting older now. You're moving ever closer to death. In fact, uh, I may have told you this a few weeks ago. I was looking in the mirror, and Michelle walked by, and I said, Michelle, how did such a young guy get in such a middle-aged body? I mean, I don't know how this happened. I don't know. It just seems like yesterday I was 18. And, but, but all of us are experiencing that. Our tent is being torn down. But every day we're getting renewed spiritually. You ought to be growing. You ought to be maturing in Christ. You are, are being conformed to the very image of Christ. So Paul says, if this tent is torn down, we don't despair because we have an eternal tent. A building not made with hands. That means that God is making it. We're going to have a resurrected body, an eternal body. It's a spiritual body, but it is a body. 1 Corinthians 15 speaks of this. It is a body. We're not going to be floating spirits forever with the Lord. We're going to have bodies. He says in verse 2, For indeed in this house we groan. That is right now we are groaning, longing to be clothed with our dwelling from heaven. Inasmuch as we, having put it on, shall not be found naked. For indeed, while we are in this tent, we groan, being burdened, because we do not want to be unclothed, but to be clothed in order that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. Now, today he says we groan because of, of why? Why do we groan? We groan because of our sin. Don't you have a longing to be free of your sin? I hate my sin. I also love my sin. And you do too. It's the Romans 7 experience. The things that I don't want to do, I do. So we groan because of our sin. I groan because I can't stand my sin. And I don't want to sin. We also groan because of our sorrows. We're faced with terrible sorrows. We're faced with people we love who get ill and die and suffer. And sometimes we suffer the pain of physical illness. We, we also, we, we groan because of our burdens. We, we just groan for a lot of things because of, of illness. All kind, Man is born into sorrow, the Bible says. Even as it's natural for sparks to fly upward, Job said, so it is natural for man to suffer. It's the reality of life. Nobody can avoid it. So we groan. But we groan not only because of our sin and because of these things, but we also groan because we are longing to be in the presence of the Lord. We long to be with God in heaven. But the question is this. How do we know that heaven is such a great place to be? Listen, if you're a believer in Christ, you've tasted heaven. You had a foretaste of heaven. You didn't have an experience like Paul where he was caught up to be in the third heaven, but you have tasted heaven. And I'll, I'll tell you how. We know this from verse 5 of 2 Corinthians 5. Now he who prepared us for this very purpose is God, who gave to us the Spirit, meaning the Holy Spirit, as a pledge. As a pledge. What does he mean by that? God has given us the Holy Spirit as a down payment. That's what this word means. It's a down payment. It's the assurance that there's more to come. You've been given the Holy Spirit who dwells in every believer, and that holy, the Holy Spirit is producing in us 
Christ-likeness, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, producing in us Christ-likeness, and that is God's assurance to you that someday you're going to experience heaven in its fullness. You've had a taste of heaven. You've had a little glimpse of it. You know what the Spirit-filled life is like. When you're walking with the Lord, you've had a taste of heaven on earth. It's such an imperfect taste. And when you've had this taste, you groan and you say, I want more. I know what it is to fellowship with the Lord. Someday I'm going to have perfect fellowship. I want more. I know what it is to have joy in the Lord. But this is so perfect, imperfect because my sin gets in the way. I want perfect fellowship. I want perfect joy. I want perfect satisfaction. I want perfect peace. I want perfect love. I want perfect worship. And, and that's what Paul's talking about. That's why we groan. We've had a taste of it. And someday we're going to be perfectly Christ-like. We're not going to be Jesus. Jesus is Jesus. But we're going to be like him in character. And you know what? If you've tasted of the Christian life and you're growing in the Lord, you groan for more. That's what he's saying. So what Paul is teaching is that the Holy Spirit gives us a taste of heaven now as proof that there's more to come. It's a down payment. If you like what you've got now, just imagine what it's going to be. It's not some dull, horrible experience. It's a wonderful experience. Right now, according to Galatians chapter 5, he's developing the fruit of the Spirit in us, Christ-likeness. Right now, that Spirit is producing in us those qualities as a taste of what it will be like. As I said before, perfect love, perfect fellowship, perfect joy. God has given you a little taste of it. And that taste is ought to cause you to desire more. And the more we mature in Christ, the more we, and the more we allow the Holy Spirit to control us and develop Christ-likeness, the more we groan in heaven. Now, the more we groan, rather, for heaven. Now, that doesn't mean that we, that we long for the death process. I, I don't think anybody longs for that death process. Some people die in a very painful way. Others, not so painful. So, Paul is not saying we long for the death process. He's not... Paul had his head cut off uh, years later after Philippians uh, in a Roman dungeon. I don't think Paul said, oh, goody, that's, that's going to feel, I mean, that, that'd, be, that'd be weird. But he did say he looked forward to being with the Lord, not the pain associated with her or whatever he went through. He looked forward to being in heaven. Now, let's go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Verse 6 says, therefore, always being of good courage and knowing Chapter 5, verse 6. Always being of good courage and knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. We're at home in this body. You're not with the Lord now. You're not with the Lord Jesus. He's in heaven. For we walk by faith and not by sight. We are of good courage. And this is why Paul had such hope in the midst of his difficulties. We are of good courage, I say, and prefer rather to be absent from the body and watch this, to be at home with the Lord. To be at home with the Lord. You know what? Heaven is your real home. Not this place. Paul says in Philippians 3.20, For your citizenship is where? In heaven. Peter says that you are an alien. You are a pilgrim. Therefore, abstain from lustly pleasures. You're just passing through. I want to suggest to you that if heaven seems so far removed from you and you don't think about it a whole lot, It's probably because you aren't enjoying a taste of it right now. 
it's probably because you are not enjoying a spirit-controlled life. You're too caught up in this world. You love this world. But for those who have tasted of the Lord, they want more. For those who have tasted of real fellowship, you spend time in the Word, you pray, you know the joy of walking with the Lord in obedience, you know the peace that passes all understanding. When that is evident in your life, then you'll just want more. If the fruit of the Spirit means little to you now, then your life would be consumed, most likely, with accumulating things, laying up treasures on earth, having fun. Uh, then heaven just doesn't mean that much to you, and therefore it's a spiritual problem. It's a spiritual problem because we're ignorant of it, but it's also a spiritual problem because you don't like the taste of it right now, or you haven't tasted of it much now. Once you stop loving this world and all that it has to offer, then like Paul, you will long for heaven. And there's, there's two reasons. Two reasons why you will long for heaven. Once you get right with the Lord, it's a spiritual problem. The first reason you will long for heaven is because, as I said before, you've only tasted of it a little bit. You just have a little bit of joy, a little bit of love, a little bit of Christ-likeness, so you long for it. Let, let, let me show you Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, verse 18, Paul says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that's to be revealed in us. Do you look at life that way? That the sufferings of this world can't even be compared to what you're going to experience in glory. And then notice he said in verse 23, And not only this, but also we ourselves, having the first fruits of the Spirit, have just the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting eagerly for our adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. If you don't groan for heaven, it's because you're too comfortable on earth. My prayer as, as we begin this series for myself and for you as a congregation is that we might long more to be in heaven. That we might have that groaning in us that uh, can only be satisfied by being with the Lord. So also keep in mind, Psalm 16 verse 11 says that in heaven, at thy right hand our pleasures forevermore. Joy, complete, full joy, fullness of joy, pleasures forevermore. So when you taste of the spirit-controlled life, which simply means obedience to the Spirit of God as he's revealed his will in the Word of God, you'll long for more. You'll long for the fullness. You'll say with John, who said at the end of the book of Revelation, even so, come Lord Jesus. The second reason why heaven becomes so precious to us is because when you get things right with the Lord, is because everything important to us is in heaven. Everything important to a believer is in heaven, not on earth. Who's in heaven? The Father's in heaven. Jesus said, when you pray, pray this way, our Father who art where? In heaven. The Father's in heaven. The Son is in heaven. Jesus is there. He's at the right hand of the majesty on high. Our Christian brothers and sisters are there. Your loved ones who have known Christ, who have died, is there. I can't wait to see my mom in heaven and for the first time experience real fellowship with her. Our loved ones are in heaven. Our reward is in heaven, according to Matthew 5.12. Jesus said, your reward is in heaven. I want my reward. That's not the only thing I live for, but if it's mine, I want it. Our inheritance is there. 1 Peter 1, 3, and 4 says that God is keeping for us our inheritance, which means what? Everything God has promised us in Christ Jesus is there in heaven. I want it. 
Paul said that dying was gain. Do you believe that? Not if you're in love with this world. But if you believe the Bible and you take these things by faith, and Paul said we walk by faith and not by sight, then you know that dying is gain. And, and he said that because he knew something of the glory awaiting him in heaven. Do you know of that? Do you really know that? Do you think about that? The Bible says we're to dwell on the things about the things on high. A heavenly anticipation comes from a proper understanding of the purpose of not only the, the taste we've had to go to heaven, but it comes from understanding why God has left you on earth. How come the Lord didn't take you home to heaven the moment you died? How come, you, I mean the moment, that doesn't make sense, the moment you were saved. And you'll nod with me when it doesn't make sense. That's the frightening thing. But the moment you were saved, how come the Lord didn't take you right home to be with him? I think the answer is this. God has put us, left us on earth not to accumulate things and not to be in love with those things, but to tell others the way to heaven. To tell others about it. In other words, on the way to heaven, we're to tell others how to join us. We're to tell others how to join us. But some of us have gotten so caught up in this world that we've lost that heavenly perspective. We've lost the balance. We've lost our spiritual equilibrium. And we've lost the effectiveness of our witness. You really are not going to tell others about heaven if you're real comfortable on earth. I mean, if you live for this earth. We need to get back to a biblical perspective. You need to ask God to put into your heart a longing to be with him, a taste of that right now. The Holy Spirit's been given for that, for that purpose. How do you get to heaven? I can't tell you how many miles away it is, how many light years away it is. I just tell you it's up. But how do you get there? Jesus said in John 14, he said, you know where I'm going and you know the way. And the disciples said, Lord, we don't know where you're going and we don't know the way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. You don't need to know how far away it is. All you need to do is follow Christ, and he'll get you there. You need, though, to follow him now, because once you die, it's too late. There are no second chances. You have one crack at it in this life, and the way you go to heaven when you die is to, in this life, trust Jesus Christ as the only way to heaven. Because he's the only one who deals with the sin problem. And sin is what keeps us out of heaven. Once you trust Jesus Christ, not just giving him lip service, but once you trust him as the only way to heaven, by that I mean you repent of your sin, you turn from your sin, you turn to Christ, you trust him as the only way to heaven. Involved in that trust and repentance is a submission to his lordship. Once that takes place, and the Bible says you become a Christian. That's what a Christian is. And when you become a Christian, the Bible says that, that the Spirit of God indwells you, gives us a taste of heaven, we long for more of it, and when you die or are raptured, you will experience its fullness. There are all sorts of things that can give us a taste of heaven and make us long for more. May the Lord keep us alert for them as we remember that we're just in these mortal bodies for a short time as we pass through on our way to that great city. Thanks for listening today to Verse by Verse a radio Bible class led by pastor-teacher Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. You're always invited to visit Lakeside if you're in town. The address is 1893 Sunset Point Road. For directions and service times or to order a free audio CD with the message Pastor Steve just concluded, call 727-441-1714. That's 727-441-1714. 
Find out more about Lakeside at lakesidechapel.com. Let me remind you that all of our previous classes are free to stream or download from the Message Archive page at versebyverseradio.org. There's also a giving page if you've been blessed and would like to help us keep Verse by Verse on the air. We are thankful to and for our generous supporters. That's at versebyverseradio.org. One more website, and this is for our blind listeners. If you have a digital talking book player from the Library Service for the Blind and want a free audio Bible for your digital player, go to www.blindbibles.com or call 800-838-5924. That's 800-838-5924 or blindbibles.com. This is Jerry Peterson. If you want to know what a place is like, what's the best way to find out if you can't go there and see for yourself? All right, you ask someone who's already been there. The Apostle Paul got to see it, and I'm convinced that that's a big reason why he was so fearless. But he wasn't allowed to say much about it. The Apostle John, on the other hand, was actually commanded to write about what he saw when God took him there. So on the next Verse by Verse, as Pastor Steve continues our series about heaven, We'll spend some time considering what John saw. You've been listening to Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. This program was pre-recorded. To learn more, including how to donate to this ministry, visit versebyverseradio.org. That's Verse. We are here to give you strength between... Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.